0: Welcome to the, the, to the, the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, yeah. your, your premium North American rugby podcast, growing rugby, one fan at a time.
1: And welcome Rugby Rant fans, I'm the big guy Scott Ferrara, that's Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt. and today joining us, I don't know, he might, he might lead, him and, him and Mikey Parazzini And probably Alex Carlson are are close to being like the most guys, the most appearances on on the rugby rant. We got TJ
2: Olson in the Bonus Point podcast. TJ, how you doing, brother? Yeah, good fellas. Thank you for letting me jump on again. It's it's been a minute, but I am relishing every moment I get an opportunity to jump on this podcast. And I told you guys before off air, I just, just got back from the World Cup. I've been dealing with yeah, some jet he's lag. He's gonna but, rub it on our face again. Yeah, yeah and, in and you guys prior to go yeah. away, he's gonna rub <laughs> yeah. it just for us <laughs> for measure. Yeah, you guys are telling me just get over it. You got to spend three weeks in France. So you that's that all comes with the territory. <laughs>
1: I mean, he had a, he definitely had a European holiday. I mean, you know, I'm lucky if I got to spend, you know, three days with my missus is like, no, <laughs> Hey, you
2: yeah, know, I'm, I'm not, I'm he's I'm complaining about dis- jet, jet lag. That. Meanwhile, he was enjoying
1: wine and cheese.
0: I was going to say his blood
2: alcohol content and his gout are really kicking in right now. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. No, 100% you agree with that. It's, it's not looking pretty good, but yeah. Getting back on the band bandwagon now with the healthy stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good.
1: Awesome. Uh and real quick guys, you know, it's 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 that first segment we all know and love. It's around the pitch.
2: When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work and for those who will come after you. We promise it won't be easy, but we'll be there supporting
3: you on and off the field.
1: All right, so first we're going to set up TJ. TJ, what do you got for Around the Pitch this week?
2: So we've got the WPL. They have just finished their season. Their inaugural season has ended, and the Grey Wolves and the All Blues had a tremendous finals match that went on to the wire. Uh, the Grey Wolves ended up taking the win 29-24 against the All Blues, but really credit to the All Blues in my, uh, I guess, home state of California, as you call it, that they had pulled out a good performance. Grey Wolves too good. Absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, my my girls at the New York Rugby Club couldn't make it. Uh, got
1: mm-hmm. bounced out early. I was very upset, but it was a great match. Got to watch it on YouTube um so you know looking forward to the next now it's an Eagles section uh in the, uh international window for the eagles the women eagles and then you know we're going to start up with an mlr season and then back to a wpl season right after that so rob i heard you got something similar you're we're sticking with the wpl here
0: yeah absolutely uh since tj's coming on he's a big promoter of women's rugby of course he coaches a lot of women's rugby and is always a big fan and likes to push it so i thought. What better opportunity to talk about the Heart of the WPL Award, named after Kathy Flores? Uh, several nominees, Bridget DeSantis, Lynn uh Clier, uh T Granby, KJ Johnson, love, love KJ. Uh Wendy Young from the Scrum Half Connection has been a guest on this show before as her own pod. Love Wendy's work. Uh, we had Geo Cruz and the winner of the 2023. Heart of the WPL Award goes to Twin City Amazon's Allie Gilbert. So we'd like to congratulate her, uh, Director of Marketing. You can't have too good of a Director of Marketing uh, for rugby in the United States. You yeah, need right? somebody that does a heck of a job there, and she does. So congratulations to Allie. Well deserved. Second year it was a it was a initiated. We love to see it continue. Named after one of the true ladies that has promoted the sport for so many years who unfortunately passed Kathy Flores. She was a rock of women's rugby in the United States.
1: Absolutely. Um, Real quick, shout out to our girl, Wendy Young. Check her out at your Scrum Half Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. She does, uh, what does she do, the 30 seconds uh, of yeah. women's rugby in a week. It's a really good segment uh, when you can catch her doing those. I try and repost them as much as I can because she really goes in-depth with just that 30 seconds and kind of gives you the news of the week for women's rugby. Um, so, actually, I'm breaking out uh, an MLR, uh, a little bit of MLR stuff. Um, our buddy, Marcel Brocky tweeted, hey, at USMLR, when are we getting confirmation that players are allowed to choose their playing numbers for the upcoming season? Question mark. Hearing we're close to a green light on this, so amped. And there was tons of comments. We're not going to talk about it here, fellas. It's not (laughs) our topic for today. That will be our topic for episode 155 next week. And I just want to say this. My buddy, uh, Dan Brown, uh, a a Queens rugby legend, uh, one of the founders of uh, the Queens rugby club, um said asked Marcel are we going to have to change the name of the number 8 then obviously he was joking a little banter marcel said good point um and then kind of sarcastically said when the 8 substituted does the person now playing there have to take the original uh, jersey of that position and marcel i love you but i think you've been playing high level rugby way too long <laughs> because yes you do in division 4 where the big guy plays because there's only 17 <laughs> total kits me 3 4 yeah we don't, uh, after 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 the first uh, uh, hooker sub and the first prop sub, we have run out of kits, so we are wearing sweaty kits, even though we're a substitute. So it Marcel, doesn't matter if it's got
2: blood on it. You got to you nope, got to put nope. that jersey on. You got to nope. run out, man. I will tell you guys a great
1: story. Uh, University of Massachusetts Dartmouth. We go up to Lindenville, Vermont, to play in what's called the snowball every year. Uh, there's about 25 guys in two hotel rooms. Yeah, it's freezing. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, we have a bit of a drink up the day before one of the, the night before one of the the, the first day. Uh, my buddy went to use the bathroom um, the next day. Everybody wakes up a little groggy time to get going. We're going to go to the field. I grabbed the, the jerseys. I'm like, why wow, the jerseys wet? You guessed it. He went to the bathroom on the jerseys. Nice white jerseys that we had to play in for two days. About 10 matches in Peace Oak jerseys. Thank you, Rudy.
2: Bro, I, I thought playing in jerseys that haven't been washed is bad. Playing in yeah. jerseys that are soaked in someone else's urine, thats that takes well, courage. Enough. Oh, man. Yeah, well, geez. Well, <laughs> absolutely.
1: To gotta, in the United States. Gotta love the D4 rugby, baby. I mean, <laughs> not high-level whatsoever. <laughs> um, but speaking of high-level rugby, the topic we have for today's episode is, is actually one that TJ brought to us and said he wanted to talk about. I wanted to bring it on the rant, and it's something that that me, Rob, and Ty have been talking about throughout this Rugby World Cup um, uh, uh, cycle here, and that is the future of Rugby World Cups and the proposed wild card system that they're looking to do, and they're looking to, I guess, try and start it in 2027 uh, when the Rugby World Cup will be in Australia eventually to move uh, to the U.S. in 2031 um, when they come here. And what that would entail is um, it would be extra players, excuse me, extra teams coming out of the group stage, and then the top, the number one team in that group would get a bye week, pretty similar to what we have in the NFL right now. That way, you're adding that extra team, the extra couple of teams into play. The first team gets an extra week of rest because they've earned it, because they've they've done so well in group play, what have you. And is that a plus? Is that a negative? We're going to talk about that, but first. We have some words from our lovely sponsors, baby.
0: Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tidehead is located in Mundelein, Illinois and easily accessible for many Chicagoans and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beards. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show tight heads tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet socialize and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good ipa or dark bale age brew tight can deliver hey chicago when you want rugby Tighthead brewing company will satisfy your thirst tight it's worth more than a try
1: And so we're back, and like we talked about, we have they have this proposed wild card system that they're talking about, and they really it seems like they want to they want to get it straight for the next World Cup cycle, even though we're only in the semis of, of this current World Cup cycle. Um, but they're looking to kind of you know throw it out there to the fans, and I really think once once this World Cup is over, you're going to see more details about how they want to do it. But first, we're going to go to TJ to tell us what he thinks about this system, and the real question is. Is is this what we need to expand uh, going into the next Rugby World Cup cycle?
2: Okay, so I really appreciate you guys bringing me this on because it's it's been a topic that's been obviously mulling around my brain while being at the World Cup, and I got to chat to former players, I got to chat to current players, did see it, you, see did it you firsthand.
0: Use your brain while you were over there. drinking I, it my, the Moderately, Cup. you know, the oh, best okay.
2: conversations happen over a good beer, mate. So it's it's, okay. it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's where all the all the great ideas come. But it's. <laughs> It's been interesting because obviously this has been thrown out before. Obviously we we want a more inclusiveness when it comes to the world cup. We want more nations being promoted in the world cup, but I think there's a strong consensus that the world cup is already long enough. I think we already have enough teams. Um, a lot of people are just saying that once we add another team, it, it does impact the potential, I guess, opportunities for the world cup get created, but does the, I guess the feel of the World Cup, the the aura of the World Cup, does that get diminished because of more teams that come into it that may not necessarily make the cut in in a consensus of Do they deserve to be there? If we add another team to the World Cup, that's another week teams have to remain overseas, more costs that smaller international teams have to pay for, another week where teams have to potentially bring players in to cover potential injuries due to another week of games and prep. Um, Even though this was a really random injury, everybody saw the injury that happened to, uh, I believe it was Namibia's captain, um, Johan Ray Tiff, I think his name is, from the yes. spider bite that he received. Um, there are so many things that we have to consider when adding other teams to pull. A lot of people think it's just, yeah, let's throw four more teams in there. Let's get more games. I think another week of games is, is just more blown-out scorelines. So I think a lot of people are leaning on the fact that Portugal were an example of a lower-based team because they were one of the last teams to qualify. They were able to take down a team like Fiji amazing brand of footy they played. They they deserved that win and you could see how much it meant to them when it, they went back to their home and they saw all the people that welcomed them in the in the airport. But in my opinion it's about teams is it's what the public is looking for. We can't just add more teams to the World Cup setup just because people are wanting more teams. What we could do, though, in my opinion, is include them in a way that doesn't impact the schedule as much and still provides an opportunity for smaller or less developed international teams to be a part of the tournament. So I personally suggest a Division II World Cup. Uh, competition, so they run in tandem with the World Cup, with the regular tournament. Say, for example, we get eight teams who qualify for the Division Two World Cup. Um, they compete against each other for that Division Two World Cup. They could play as curtain raisers for main matches, or even when we're talking about Australia as the World Cup. They could play in smaller cities, sm- uh, more rural cities that wouldn't necessarily get an opportunity to be a World Cup city, um, and then it brings the the fans to the host country. So. Um, smaller countries get to come in they they pay their ticket they come over they support their nation brings in a bigger boost in their economy for the host nation um, and and just bigger promotion for the game i think this model has worked previously really well in other competitions just to name a few so the wxv that's going on right now they've obviously got their div one two and three fixtures Um, my beloved new zealand buddings npc provincial competition they also have their heartland competition that runs at the same time smaller regions compete in that and then we have their own tournament um, but still runs in the same time frame as the as the competition that the bunnings is doing and also you see it in the sevens they have invitational tournaments running at the same time countless models with the same philosophy and structure why can't it work for the world cup as well
1: so i was going to bring up i was going to say that wxv that's coming up uh, uh real soon it's it's almost the, the exact same model that you were kind of describing. Um, and I'll, I'll wait for you to to dra- finish your drink of water there. So my question to you would be, if you had a Tier 1, a Tier 2, and a Tier 3, let's just use that as an example, um, would you be in favor of relegation between the winners and the losers of those tiers?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think like that's that's something that they're trying to introduce into the Rugby Championship. they're They're trying to introduce that into the Six Nations as well. It's definitely something where – we, we want to get the old guard out. I'm not saying that old things don't work. There's still obviously structures that have been put in place back in the day that do um, hold their validity. But I think like if we're looking at the aspect of the teams who perform the best or do the best deserve to be put in those opportunities, that's why everybody's calling for Fiji to join the rugby championship. That's why they want uh, Georgia to be replaced by Italy in the, in the Six Nations. It's things like that. So I definitely think relegation should also play a part in it. But then we'd have to figure out the, the one problem is, is how do we do that with the the system that already has the qualifications in place at the moment? So I think that's where we got to find the middle ground is figuring out how we work those two systems together or whether we abolish one and we get one in. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, if we went to a tiered system, I don't think we would have to uh, necessarily start with a relegation immediately. But I think what mm-hmm. you do is you say in the next five years, we're going to, to tone it in um as we've or the next five cycles rather not next year, the next five cycles we're going mm-hmm. to start relegation that way you've had five cycles of these tiered world cups you see how well they do you see if you if curtain raises work if they don't work you know fine-tune all that stuff and then decide whether or not you want to do relegation um but yeah. i think you make some great points um i do have some some things i want to talk about but first i'm gonna give it to the hammer because you know usually what happens is as i talk and the hammer goes well, Scott said everything I was going to say, and <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I lost most of those challenges, you know, when we were the MLR rant. Are you and, done now? The big guy's the championship. Are you, done? you know, He's making, the champion, and he has a little trophy. Hey, but you know, I,
2: I will, will say, guys? being on shows that that has happened, he has come <laughs> up with some amazing points still. So I, I will say <laughs> that. I'll give, right. I'll give him Thank that on the
0: side of it. <laughs> the hammer well, validated right there. Thank you, Mr. Olson. I appreciate it, sir. Um, so I, I thought – a lot about this since TJ brought it forward. well, TJ brought the article forward um, and, and we'll post the link here uh, in, in the, you know, in the comments below, but I like the wild card idea. Yes, it does extend things, but only really actually for a week, because remember with five teams in each pool, there's one team that always has a week off during pool play. Right. If you add one team into pool play, you really now have six teams and they can play for those, um, you know, those five weeks, that round robin, and everybody's playing each week. Does it put more pressure on all the teams? Yes, it does. I think you compensate. I think they're allowed a 33 man roster, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, TJ. Uh, He should know because he just came back from France, so he should know all things about the World Cup. I'm I'm pretty pretty sure
2: that's correct. I'm pretty sure that's correct.
0: So you add two or three more players onto the roster to allow for that, um, knowing that some of those top, you know, the tier one top tier teams are probably going to be playing that extra game. They can blood some younger players, bring a guy like I remember when uh, Jordy Barrett was called an apprentice. They brought him along. He didn't play I don't think any matches, but he got an opportunity to experience the touring life uh, with an All Blacks. Um, and and you bring a couple of those younger guys with, and and perhaps those teams will play those younger guys and give them an opportunity to get blooded early on. Doesn't diminish the jersey. It just you know th- those guys are going to get there anyway. They're going to pull on the black shirt. For example, I don't think we have to worry about diminishing the jersey there. So then you have your your second and third seated teams in each pool that will see another team that's either, you know, seed number two or seed number three from one of the other pools. And it allows that first seeded team an opportunity to have a week off. Now, what's the value of this? I think there's a big value. Uh, It was a couple, actually. One, TJ touched upon just a little bit injury. Uh, Antoine DuPont, I, I think when he got injured, And it was a major injury. They were not certain that he was going to come back and play again. Uh, Air was let out of the tournament. You know, and I don't know if TJ being in France kind of picked up on that or noticed it, but from our perspective, even here in America, air was let out of the tournament. Like, damn, you know, there's so many quality matchups. you want to see him against FAF, right? When he came back and was going to, you know, reemerge, we all sat there and went, Yes. And we pumped our fist. That additional week gives guys like that an opportunity to maybe recoup and recover and come back into their side. Um, The other value, I think, in that situation is, um, you know, uh, we can we can allow these teams that were right on the cusp to perhaps get an opportunity to get back in. We saw what the United States was able to uh, to do against Portugal and against Georgia. Excuse me. And, you know, and we really thought as Americans watching us going, damn, we we should be there, too. It gives them an opportunity to be competitive, to compete, to get experience to blood some players uh, to get them an opportunity. Um, so, you know, there, there's I think there's a, a real good opportunity with doing this. I don't think anything's lost. It only extends really it would extend um, only by a week in my mind, uh, because you have a bye week in that night or sorry, a bye week for the for the champions. Uh, of each pool that sorry the uh number one seed in each pool to have that week off oh the other benefit remember we were talking about a few weeks that South Africa actually uh uh threw the game um against uh what is it Ireland right they threw the game the
2: conspiracies out here,
0: here we go <laughs> I'm not saying I believe in it I'm just saying that was the <laughs> conspiracy right well if you have a week off I mean, there's no benefit by throwing the game and being a a two-seed, right? You want to get the one seed to get that week of rest. So it would throw away that conspiracy and kind of take that off of everybody's plate, if you will.
1: I got you. And and real quick, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, you talk about the conspiracy or or the narrative, as they say. And uh, in this Rugby Pass article about the wild card system, former All Black James Parsons said, so teams like Scotland, they're probably worthy of a quarterfinal, but are likely to miss out. Samoa or Argentina or Japan potentially have a second lick at getting there. Whoever wins gets rewarded, which would, which would also mean teams like Australia might get a second chance. And then you create a narrative that's interesting to fans. The last sentence of this quote, it's very American, I suppose, in terms of the wild card concept, but I think it's awesome. And I think to drive the fans and, and really push, convey to fans, that there's going to be a narrative more of a through line besides just the, the top two guys in the pool getting in is what's going to drive the, a change like this right um, you know and and tj briefly, briefly touched on you know uh, um, adding that that third team to go in there to kind of get pumped by a lot of points and i think that's the difference between because the, there, there's another concept of just adding overall four more teams to the players pool the playing pool Right, um, you know, not just doing this uh, wild card system, but overall bumping up the number of teams. I'm going to tell you guys, I do like the wild card concept, but if we've learned anything from the MLR, sometimes that extra week of rest doesn't work out the way you think it does. We have a lot of teams in the MLR that on those bye weeks and coming out of their divisions and winning their divisions, you know, they've come into a, a home field match. And granted, the Rugby World Cup isn't going to be a home field for those one seeds, but they're going to get that extra day's rest and kind of been slow and and, and haven't got, been on their game. So what I'm going to propose to you guys is what I think should happen. It's outside the box thinking. It's definitely let's get hot type of shit. Um, the, You guys might not agree with me, and there's probably a lot of people that won't agree with me. Most of the teams that are in the tier one nation status put in to host a rugby world cup, right? We're, that's a premise we could probably say is true, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, and usually they they do multiple proposals, right? Because they might not get the twenty twenty seven, so they put in for twenty twenty seven and twenty
2: thirty one and thirty five, right? I'm pretty sure so, Australia did yep. that. Yeah, they yep. they got twenty. Yeah, they got and USA
1: did. USA put yeah. in for twenty seven and, and thirty one, knowing that they were shooting for thirty one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Instead of, and you could do your wild card system, but what is the biggest issue we have right now in the Rugby World Cup is that gap between those Tier 2 nations and those Tier 1 nations in terms of playing. If you submit, this is going to be the rule, that Rugby World Cup, and they're coming to me, they're, and they're asking the big guy – if you want to submit oh, no, a no, proposal. No, no, so
0: now you're not just running for commissioner of no, I'm running Rugby. for the president of now World you're World running Rugby. For the yeah, the And I'm going to change it. I'm going to it's
1: going to be the rule book, yeah. not the not the, <laughs> the book of law, just yeah. to make it American. I'm joking. But <laughs> what we're going to do is if you want to do a proposal, you have to play at least two friendly matches with a tier team below you every year just to do a proposal for example if you want to put a proposal in for 2027 the next four years you have to play at least two if you're Australia tier teams in the run-up every
0: year so Australia would have to have, have to play at
1: le- twice a year tier two tier two tier two level teams twice a year in their international cycles however they would like to schedule it if it, the United States is a tier two team they have to play two Three, tier three teams to play yeah, and what what's happening is we're getting what we're seeing is the teams that, you could definitely tell the teams that aren't playing in the high level competition so how do you make those old boy teams or, or however tj talk you know categorize them the old guard old guard teams not necessarily share the wealth because we're not talking about pl- you know sharing players but how do you get them help to help those tiers below them to bring up a competition level that's going to be better for fans.
0: That only, and I, I, I love the idea. I'm not poo pooing the idea. I think they would have to work out the finances, uh, right? They would mm-hmm. have to figure it out because, you know, who's going to pay for the U.S. to go to Australia or for Australia to come to the U.S. Typically. The United States paid, you know, buku dollars uh, for the All Blacks to come here, for Ireland to come here, for you know Australia to come here. I think it was the only. The only, the only thing I'll say
1: years. is that's because USAR is fucking stupid. And if you have a, a tier one team like New Zealand that's going to go play in a in a more developed country economically like the United States, if the if the US if the US USAR isn't making money on that, they're just fucking stupid, in my opinion. So if you have Australia and they're going to go play in Canada. If Rugby Canada is not making money on that, that should be a sellout. For, right? That should, every rugby fan in Canada should be going to see yeah. Australia play Rugby Canada men's or women.
2: Right? That's just well, I've, how I've they- got. I've got two things that I could probably, and I, I think that's is a great point as well. And I think if they made that a mandatory requirement, that would be great for the tournament because the one thing that I've always said is that it's it's not how we improve the Rugby World Cup. Is, is how we make the, the best out of these nations that are struggling yeah. to either promote themselves or, or, or develop as nations. It's how we add more regular fixtures to the international team's calendar. Right. It's how we help promote these teams. Like if you – I hate to always bring it back to an Australasian or a Pacific, Pacific example, but that's – it's my bread and butter, it's man, so know, I'm going to use yeah. it as, as my example. Yeah, cool. But um, if you look at the Pacific Nations Cup, it's, it's an amazing – competition that includes Samoa Fiji Tonga and then sometimes other other competition uh, other teams into the competition but they're always playing each other and it's always that kind of brand of rugby they don't really get to push each other in other international fixtures other than one-offs but you saw the example of Fiji when they joined the super rugby and how much they've grown they got Mick as their coach who's one of the best coaches in rugby they started to really push that I guess ceiling a little higher and higher. And now you can see Fiji have become one of those teams that go, British we don't care them. if you see, yeah, if you don't we don't care if you say that we're we're an underdog, we're gonna prove you wrong. And I think when you come to uh making money or or getting people to come into the locations of, of where they're gonna play, maybe do what the pack four did with with the women's. They had four teams come over to America mm-hmm. and we had a not a tournament style, but like we had um, multiple games playing and, and maybe different cities or other things like that. Maybe have it in one country that works for a few different teams where well, we could get tier two, tier one, maybe even tier three, getting into that mix. So that's my opinion, but I, I think that's really good as well, Scotty. That's that's a good yeah, idea. You know,
1: and, and if you look at, let's, let's just, you want to bring it, you always have your, your, your Asian view. I always have my American sports view. Look at college football, right? One the, they, they still talk about Appalachia state being Michigan and after that Appalachia State team beat Michigan, they went on and they played very well in their conference. North Dakota State um, was a cupcake team for a lot of teams in week one where they were going to, a, like, North Carolina, kind of get the brakes beaten off of them. But they played stiffer competition and then went back down to Division 2 They were winning their national title there. You know what I mean? So I, it, it just, while it may not look good optic-wise, the number one thing that every diehard rugby fan has talked about was how do you bring the competition level up from tier two and tier three by playing tier one teams more often. And that score line, that deficit will start to to decrease and, and, and those, those points will start, those point deficits will start to decrease eventually. But, you know, I think world, world rugby has to step in and mandate it. And I would say this, Rob, the unions that make the most money, you know, for example, we, I took the, the college football example, Michigan paid Appalachia State $2 million to come in. Australia will pay for Samoa to come over and play that fucking game if that's going to give them the Rugby World Cup in
2: 2020. they can find money somewhere, I'm pretty sure yeah. they broke it. <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying. You
1: know what I mean? But, but yeah. the point is, the payoff is having, having that Rugby World Cup in twenty
2: twenty seven.
1: Well, I think you'd
0: probably find that World Rugby would
1: have Absolutely. the finances to help
0: develop um, these, these games, right. They would, because it would, it would, you know, come from their development money. The, the component I like about this and, and sorry, TJ, I just like this element better than the idea of relegation promotion in the six nations mm-hmm. or, you know, in some kind of, um, you know, multi-layered tournament is I, I'm not a fan of relegation promotion in this day and age. I I don't think it's played very well for English rugby Uh, I don't think it's played very well or we haven't seen nearly the examples in in English soccer. I mean, Wrexham is perhaps the you know, the, yeah, the, the intuitive yeah. example. And, and that wouldn't have happened without two huge, you know, Hollywood stars with more social media savvy than, you know, God's got. And money. It, 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 yeah. it, you, and,
1: know, it, you don't yeah. see those Saudi Arabian yeah. owners going in and buying, you know, right. championship right. level Ooh, teams. Right. So, well,
2: you know, when Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney they, they take all their funds out of everything else and put it into a into a soccer team. Yeah. It's going to well, do well. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to yeah. do
0: well. And so from from my point is is that it kind of – is a way to tackle uh, that and eliminate the relegation promotion and and um, you know really create longer term partnerships with you know with with uh, other companies. Like, why would a company invest and put their brand on the front of uh, you know uh, it, 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 Team Italy if there's the threat that Team Italy will be demoted out of the Six Nations, right? Mm. It's it, it they they're only going to do a one off one year, you know partnership as opposed to something that's more stable a 2 or 3 or 4 year partnership
1: i would and argue have,
0: but when but watch when you have these teams that now have scheduled matches 4 years out because australia needs to play a couple of these teams each year now that gives those team those um you know partnerships a little bit higher brow higher profile uh opportunities um for those lower tier teams bringing in more investment
1: only yeah. the only thing I would counter to that is if if you're gonna have a a, a union or a, a organization like the six Nations do relegation they have to put in the same amount of production into the second tier team matches as they would in the first tier team matches and that's the issue can you do that can they sustain that because if they because my point is they can get way more sponsors to sponsor everybody throughout the the up and down and if there's two sections of it right if there's six in the front and six in the back and that way you can say to the the person that wants to sponsor italy you could say regardless you're still going to get the same amount of viewers because we have this relationship with peacock and and have this relationship with rugby pass
0: so long as the whomever is going to be televising it is going to be able to is going to you know commit to televising
1: both both tiers of the tournament and, but right. if I, I think uniquely rugby has been one of the sports that has utilized these, these streaming services uh, uh very creatively so i think we do have people in those organizations that understand how to do that so i think for our sport of rugby we can we have more of a chance to do that so um before we go i'm going to give you guys a, a little question um it's i'll start with tj and then we'll roll over to hammer and then i'll i'll give mine So you have to pick one change. You either get to add this wild card system in or you get to add another pool. So you're adding four Mm. more teams into Mm. the mix. Or you get to keep it the original set of teams and the wild card system. The question is, you have to pick
2: one of those that you feel would make more rugby fans. And when and when you say another pool, that would include this this total tournament. It wouldn't be how I was talking about it with with the the layered tournament. No, no, okay. no. We just, just does this yeah, tournament so format
1: another
0: pool tournament. of five is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so
2: you would add you would add four no. more you would add four
1: more teams. So for example, you know the four teams that would have been <sighs> added in this World Cup would have been USA, Spain, Canada, and Hong Kong. Right. So you have one to decide. One. You're 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 deciding what's going to get you more fans. This wild card system or adding another pool and why TJ you're
2: up. I mean if it if it speaks to more fans i th- i think the the numbers don't lie but when when you look at it from a viewership standpoint an entertainment standpoint adding an entire pool that's I think that's too much. I think we're we're pushing on the boundaries of of trying to get too much from the fans and then people just going, no, I don't want to deal with this this type of matchup being in the Rugby World Cup because it could be another just another blowout on the thing. So I think, even though it contradicts my whole narrative, because I think that I, I do believe there should be some change. If those are the three options, I'm going with the wild card. Because I don't I don't dislike the wild card option. I just think that a layered approach works better with developing rugby and also with viewership. But like James Parsons, I'm the same. I, I like the idea. It's just not my number one choice. I got you.
1: Harry, what do you think? What's your choice here?
0: Well, first of all, I don't think one or, or the other is going to have any more impact than the other one. I, I just don't <laughs> believe it's going to have any more impact than the other one in terms of bringing fans in. Um, as a matter of fact, I think adding another pool is, gonna, is going to make it less exciting for those fans that are committed. I mean, look at some of the matchups we watched with bated breath. The Wales Fiji matchup, we knew that was going to be an important matchup. Because, you know, uh, that was gonna that had three really, really good teams in it that we knew any one of the three are one of them is going to get bounced. One of them is out. Right. So it's going to be a big deal. Uh, Same thing could be said for Ireland, Scotland, that matchup, I think, in the fourth week of pool play or third week of pool play, whenever that was, that was a meaningful match because we knew it really, you know, there was an outcome potentially in which it could see the exit of of South Africa or Ireland, you know, uh, depending on the result. Uh, Not a very big one. So um, I, I, I myself, I would go with the wild card because truth be told your teams that are, that are in the mix that are, you know, your, your, your team, I guess this year would have been like a Scotland will get its opportunity. Um, your, uh, it was Wales, Argentina, right. Um, was in that one. Yeah. Um, who was, who was third in that, uh, in that pool bills oh, Um,
3: TJ Wales, you know.
2: It was it was Australia, wasn't it? Australia, yeah, Australia, Australia, Australia would Australia. see
0: themselves playing there. And then you would see some other teams playing there too that might not normally get a chance. Like you'd like to see a Georgia get in there, right? And that's going to yeah. draw some interest. I just don't think there's going to be much of a difference between the two in, try, in terms of drawing two new fa- uh, more fans. Here's what I do think they definitely <laughs> need to do in their times. There, there, there are things that they've talked about doing this, that so they're going to do it. They can't make the World Cup draw three years before the tournament right i mean what a mistake that was uh they should do it a year before or mm-hmm. maybe they somehow because it you know they're talking about doing the wild card draw the next time around perhaps redraw uh based upon seeds when they get to that you know after the wild card matches Absolutely. redraw yeah. those you know those spots
1: and uh, based and, and upon the results especially if you if you saw the lead up to this world cup cycle with france right we talked about three or four years ago how they were kind of tanking the Six Nations on purpose by cutting all their their seasoned players and blooding all their young guys who they felt were going to make this team. And what yep. happens? France started to become a powerhouse. So how 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 is it fair to them coming off of the World Cup cycle in 2019 to have teams that while you know they're playing their international window might not. I didn't. I don't, like. I don't think they didn't play to win. But my point is, their strategy was to bleed the guys and get them enough experience and enough caps to try and be successful in this World Cup. So if you're picking the draw that early, it, you're kind of discounting what teams are trying to do to make a better product, and I don't like that.
2: Well, I think. I think even look at it from another another standpoint is look at uh, Tonga when they played New Zealand. I think it was three or four years ago. That was a completely different side, and they had to pull guys up from club rugby. Not professional, not, not Bunnings NPC, not anything. They had to play club rugby guys, and they got belted, I think, like 80-0 or 90-0 or something like that. Come this year, they've got a team with Israel Folau, Fekitoa, all all those guys. Uh, I think, yeah, I definitely think the, the pools need to get drawn very closely to the World Cup. Not like the day before, but it's got to be a lot closer than three years. Yeah. Yep, I hear sure. you. So
0: and 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 look at like uh, yeah, let's go back to the rugby rant several weeks ago, and 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 Scott wasn't on it, but Ty and I were talking about the pools who we thought was going to come out of each pool. I didn't think Wales would come out. I picked Australia. Neither Fiji did I. <laughs> and, right, and and um, yet uh, there were folks that discounted Fiji, and I and I looked at the result that just happened against England, and I said to myself mm-hmm. that was a that Fijian team is a different team in the areas where they need to be in 15s right in the set piece they had a much stronger set piece against England they proven they could they could compete uh, against a team that had a quality set piece and I'm like that was the that for me was a huge difference in Fiji's success um, mm-hmm. in the World Cup this year so you know drawing a little bit closer gives us a little bit more meaningful uh, the pl- the pools are a little bit um, more evened out.
1: If you so I'm, I'm going to do what the big guy always does. I'm going to say you could do both. The reason I'm saying that is you start yeah. – you yeah, exactly. You start the extra pool – the extra um, – uh, excuse me, the extra uh, round, right, and you build that narrative because what's going to bring in the most viewers now of actual rugby fans is narrative. So you want to start the building block. The building block isn't bringing new rugby fans in right now. In my opinion – The format we currently have is stale for for current rugby fans. So create that extra layer, create that narrative where your wild bees might be having a second chance to come in, right? Play that, get them more involved, get all those teams more involved. And then after two cycles of that, then expand to that extra group play and figure out the schedule from there. Um, And I think that's how you'll start to grow the game uh, outside of what you already have. You know, obviously a lot of, a lot of USA fans, we're watching the world cup and are going to watch the world cup, regardless if the Eagles in it, same thing with rugby Canada fans, but how do we draw those new fans into the rugby world cup? That's if our team is in there. You know what I mean, if you have something to really root for, um, but so real quick, I, th- I think we had a really good uh, opportunity to talk about this. I'm going to say the one thing I was disappointed was that DuPont didn't have that rip ha- uh, Hamilton plastic mask, like the whole Me he too. Should've, he should have just awesome. went full rip. Fucking just the face, the whole the Jacques yeah. Plant old goalie mask, or the or the Chevers with the fucking stitches. You know, if yeah. you guys ever saw that, Rob's going to put a picture and, of that. I I gotta
0: ask, what he had a, a horrible fracture, fracture like on his yeah, cheek, yeah. right? Yeah. What what
2: good did the scrum cap do?
0: Yeah, I, mean, that's dude, I was 100%.
2: confused about as well. We were we were sitting and watching it at home. We sat there and go, okay, he's got a scrum cap on, but that's protecting his. The only the, the only thing I'll I think.
0: My thought is that it's, it's gamesmanship by France, because if you recall South Africa the week before kind of said, you know, said, we're going to put a target on him. We're going to go after him. We're not going to play him any different, right? Which is fine. You know, they're playing gamesmanship. We know Jacques Nybar and and everybody else does, Mm -hmm. does a bit of that. But I think France came back and did the same thing. Like by putting him a scrum cap, he's more noticeable. Now, when you see that scrum cap, as an official, you're looking and saying, "Oh, that's Antoine Dupont, right?" right. And so, what's going on draw, with those hits? It would draw eyes on him, and therefore, the official would have a little bit more keen observation about what happens around, um, you know, the tackle area. I, I also
1: wonder, and this is out of the box thinking again, because you know, I'm the big guy. Um, you know, you're playing a rugby match, it's a big box. Fired. Yeah, it's a huge box. <laughs> that's a you know nose tackle, Tony Saragusa style box. But you're playing rugby, you're getting tired, and one thing you do is you open your mouth a lot to breathe, right? I'm wondering, because any type of movement with your jaw is going to hurt your orbital at that point. What if the scrum cap was just strapped so tight that it was keeping his jaw at a reasonable tolerance for him to not feel as much pain yeah. moving? That's the only thing that's the only thing I could think of. It not wasn't necessarily protection, as maybe it was just trying to minimize that pain he's feeling because he's going to be... And you yeah, just remind them kind of, to close his job. Maybe you know, I don't that's know. what I'm saying. To Keep it tight. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, guys, this was so, a great episode. Hold I on.
0: It, I got to oh. interject to Scott um, real quick. There's a lot of stuff going on right now behind the scenes, folks. So pay attention to the rugby ramp because we're going to try to dig into this if we can. Uh, and I know TJ at the bonus point always is bringing new fresh stuff um, into his pod. So you got to check out the bonus point podcast, too. He does a great work, covers a lot of that, uh, a lot of stuff over in the Pacific, especially with Drua coming along and really making a difference, um, you know, to bring up, uh, you know, the, the Pacific Islanders into world rugby. But um, we're going to try to get uh, somebody from um, the U.S. Rugby Players Association involved. We know that there's been some movement um, in the last week with regard to that. So we're going to bring that on. Uh, we're going to have some hounds talk. There's a, uh, there's going to be a, um, interview released, I think with, uh, Chicago hounds, uh, James English, Dave Clancy talking a little bit about what Chicago hounds have in store as we head into late fall. And then of course, uh, I think Van uh, Gollings, Gollingsworth from, uh, the CEO, new CEO of NOLA gold is going to be talking to us about what next, they've got going on so that's coming out next Monday. So we got a lot of stuff happening. Pay attention. Um, you know, check back in with us. You know, just because rugby's starting to wind down in the World Cup, and not so much is happening with the MLR, we're still active. We're still pushing, um, uh, and and we're still trying to bring you the best product we can. Because you know what our motto is: we're trying to grow rugby one fan at a time. So we're going to keep after it for all you guys out there.
1: Nice. Absolutely. So, again, thanks, TJ, for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you're you're tired. You got work. You got time zones. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Although it's fucking all Although wine has got to get out yeah, of yeah, his six, liver and his system. It's 6 o'clock in, in L.A. where he's
2: at, so I don't know what yeah. the fuck you know he's really complaining about. I'm, um, going, I'm now, going to the gym after this, so it's going to be a exactly, good session. Yeah. Exactly. And then, he's going,
1: and then he got Monday Night Football, the whole nine yards. Anyway. Uh, guys, thank you so much on behalf of myself, Rob Hammerschmidt, our buddy Ty, who couldn't be here tonight and TJ, the host of the bonus point podcast. We'll see you all next week, baby. Love it.